0: Hey, do you like weird movies? You do? Have you heard of Vinegar Syndrome? Find them online at www.vinegarsyndrome.com. Vinegar Syndrome is one of the leading exploitation and grindhouse preservation and distribution companies in the world. They've got a simple 3 step process that I call the 3 R's, Recover, Restore, and Release. Vinegar Syndrome has an amazingly large film archive consisting of thousands of 35 and 16 millimeter negatives and prints and are actively finding films that are underappreciated, undervalued, and underseen. So many of their releases have never seen the light of day since VHS, and they're restoring them to all their glory. Some of these films do not have the right to look as good as they do, but they do. I'm looking at you, Corpse Grinders. Vinegar Syndrome has their own method of restoration where their goal is to recreate the theatrical experience as best as they can. With their own in-house lab, they scan, color grade, and restore each title personally. You'll never see any grain reduction and digital trickery on their discs. Vinegar Syndrome is a very exciting label, and we're proud to have them as a sponsor. They've been with us since the beginning, and we love them for it. Check out their website today and grab yourself a copy of Sweet X, Badass Song. Body Melt, Wonder Woman, Ice Cream Man, Christmas You're Evil Dolomite, or my favorite, the Wisconsin Blood Trilogy of blood beef, blood hook, and the upcoming blood harvest. Once again, be sure to visit them at www.vinegarsyndrome.com and grab yourself something cool. Let them know your good friend Michael sent you. Today's episode is also sponsored by Geopetric. GeoPetrick loves your pet. Their goal is to provide quality, first, eco-friendly pet products. They offer stylish apparel to represent the connection you and your pet have. GeoPetric is embedded with the conscientious consumer in mind. That's why their gear is made in America, providing fair wage employment, using eco-friendly material, including recycled bottles and vegan cork leather. GeoPetric is also extremely charitable. They continue to partner with animal rescue and adoption programs across the globe to support their fundraising efforts with donations. When you shop, you save. Shelter animals across the globe appreciate the kindness and compassion of their shoppers. Another cool thing about Geopetric, they allow you to pup cycle your old gear. Do you have old collars and leashes sitting around? Don't throw that stuff away. Send it to your pals at Geopetric to get an amazing discount on your next purchase. Get it? Pup cycle? Yeah, you got it. You can visit Geopetric on their website at www.geopetric.com. That's G E O petri Pet Rick. If you use the special promo code DOGENSTEIN20, you'll receive 20% off your next order. DOGENSTEIN, of course, being the Instagram name that we use for our dogs here at the Shameless Picture Show. Uh, my dogs, Ralphie and Frankenstein. You can find them on Instagram under the name DOGENSTEIN. So, once again, that's D O G E N. S T E I N 20, all one word to get your special 20% off. So once again, visit them at www.geopetric.com and find some cool stuff.
1: Today's episode of The Shameless Picture Show is sponsored by Mill Creek Entertainment. Mill Creek is the industry leader when it comes to value-priced DVD and Blu-ray features and compilations. They have one of the largest catalogs out there, ranging from kids programming, classic films and television, independent cinema, documentary, and Latino cinema. Hell, they even produce their own content in-house. Mill Creek is a trusted partner with some of our favorite studios, including Sony Pictures, Walt Disney Entertainment, Warner Brothers, CBS Home Entertainment, and many more. And the best part about Mill Creek is how easy they are to find. Mill Creek has deals with thousands of big box stores, grocery stores, drug stores, and practically any other retailer you can imagine. Trust me when I say I've owned plenty throughout my time as a collector without even realizing it. They're a name I can trust. Some of my favorite releases include Can't Hardly Wait, Night of the Living Dead, House on Haunted Hill from their Vincent Price collection, the complete series of Quantum Leap, the complete series of The Secret World of Alex Mack. And of course, you're the hunter from the future. Head over to www.millcreekent.com. That's millcreekent.com and see what their collection has to offer. I guarantee you'll find something great. <laughs> Guys, I am so excited about this episode.
0: Are you? I forgot how much I love this movie. Because you've been telling how me all week how excited you are. And this was Katie's idea of doing yes. the episode. Yes,
2: because this is my favorite movie of all time. So
0: <gasps> it, it is well, well chosen. It Yay. was my first time seeing the movie. And this should be interesting, too, because I don't know which version of the film you watched. Because there's a theatrical and there's an unrated version.
1: I, I saw <sighs> the extended theatrical. one, um, it, which was the first time I've seen that version.
2: I'm I'm most familiar with the original like theatrical version that doesn't have the extended pieces because for probably the first ten years I watched this movie I watched it on a VHS copy that my mom recorded off of TV. So <laughs> oh, I know exactly. Yep, I know exactly where the commercial breaks were. I know exactly what words they substituted for the swear words. So yeah, <laughs> that's amazing.
0: What's the weirdest swear word substitution?
2: Um, I think the goat piss to gasoline. I think he says goat's milk to gasoline in the in the movie that's uh, on the t v version
0: I think it kind of works still it's still pretty yeah gross.
2: <laughs> that's the one that comes up offhand, and I think there's there's point like the prophylactics in the beginning. I think we're completely <laughs> cut out in the on t v version. <laughs> it's hard to remember because I haven't seen that version in so long, but yeah, those are the two that come to mind. I
0: was for a period of time <laughs> kind of obsessed with the the people who have to substitute different words for different yeah, words. On, that's a on, job on, on, on films. Because like I remember uh, when I bought the Shaun of the Dead DVD, they had like a featurette where they had, where they <laughs> put the TV cut for one scene on there, uh. and it was like they re- they replaced fuck with funk. <laughs> and it was just called the Funk Man. Nice. And he's like, you need to get a funking job or get out of the funking apartment. <laughs>
1: four in the funking morning! It's Saturday! No, it's not. It's funking Sunday. And I've got to go to funking work in four funking hours because every other funker in my funking department is funking ill. And can you see why I'm so funking angry? Funk, yeah? Hey, oh, Pete, look,
3: I'm, you know, I'm sorry. We just, we've had a couple of drinks. We split up with Liz tonight. Just keep it down, yeah. Prink. What was that? Nothing.
0: No, oh, no, no! Come on, stop it! We're friends! He's not my friend! He's a funking idiot! What's that supposed to mean? It means, why do you funk off? You want to live like an animal? Go live in the shed, you thick funk! Oh, leave him alone! Stop defending him, Sean! All he ever does is hold
1: you back! Or does it make your life easier having someone around who's more of a loser than you are? What's that supposed to mean? You know what I mean. I assume it was Liz who did the dumping. Sort your fucking life out, mate! What's up with your hand, man? I got mugged on the way home from work. By you? I don't know, some crackheads or something. One of them bit me. Where did they bite you? I don't know, I didn't stop to ask them! No, I've got a splitting headache, and your stupid hip-hop isn't helping. And the front door is open, again! It's not hip-hop, it's electro electron. Prink.
3: Next time I see him,
4: He's dead.
0: There's a period of time when I was in film school, I I wanted to reach out to some of these people in Hollywood and make a documentary about these these people who have to censor a film yeah. but still tell the story. They can't right. just bleep it. Like they need there's an art to it in itself, and it's I find it actually really fascinating. But now with TV, documentary about that. With now of TV how it is though, like you can say so much more on Yeah, TV. you can you say still... shit
2: like a number of times.
0: Yeah, you can say fuck once per like if you have a TV show you can have one fuck yeah, in a season. It's only once? <laughs> yes. In a season? Yes. So oh, like wow. it's there's wow. there's an art to that as well, like when like, do when we when do we
2: use our fuck? <laughs> when do
0: we use our fuck? And like bitch, like they say bitch on that 70 show.
2: Oh yeah. Bitch and ass are pretty much good to go for anything nowadays it's
0: weird when i was a kid like i feel like bitch was way worse of a word than ass was
2: yeah because ass was a donkey right i mean
0: bitch yeah. was a dog i and guess and like but... everyone's got or it, even if you think it was a butt everyone's got a butt but like bitch was like an insult yeah true i didn't realize i was a dog until like i got older nick's just sitting over there laughing <laughs> this is amazing <laughs>
3: well i didn't grow up with bitch as the worst one just because mom always told me to if, if someone called you a bitch just be proud of it <laughs>
0: That's a great advice, actually. <laughs> Super uh, great advice. This is also going to be great too because uh, the video version of this show, if it does happen, oh, it has is to censored. Slides. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, no, awesome.
2: I think we should cut it with other words,
0: like. <laughs>
3: punk and
0: botch. but i think he'll be a
3: little confusing to listen to though because when he what, what are you talking about being censored with what what i think
0: he should do is he should go into other movies and take when they say other words oh and my put god over our swear that'd
3: words. be so
1: much fun
0: have have you guys watched the good place yes amanda does
1: no their their treatment of swear words is freaking incredible
3: yeah it's a fun show it,
1: I should say, "Forking Incredible." Yep.
0: <laughs> I've not seen the show, but it, Amanda's so told good. me it's great. Nick, me and you have some more tastes, so I feel like we would. En- yeah. I would enjoy it. Uh, I watched it's a little bit of Amanda. Really like the, th- I watched five minutes with her and I laughed hysterically. <laughs> it was the guy who can't Ted- say anything but his own name. I thought that guy was great. <laughs>
2: it's like, <laughs> like Groot. Like I'm Groot. Yeah, kind of.
0: <laughs> but he's beca- uh, yeah, because because he's not like a monster or anything. He's just a he guy. Was like,
3: he was no. He was like created to be her. Boyfriend or like your and... boyfriend
0: or slave, and he's so dumb that he can just say his name, but he says it with different inflections, so like, there's something, and he had a really I normal name, name right too, right like, Car- I was like, Carl, and he would just say it like that, <laughs> <laughs> or like, like when t- the scene I was watching, like, they opened the door, and he was there, and he goes, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: and as the show progresses, that character gets kind of smarter, but yeah. never truly smart, so... <laughs> I haven't The last time I saw him, ones. he was drinking his fancy martini that was just a martini glass filled with the uh, olives <laughs> <laughs> that he was drinking.
2: Sounds like my kind of martini.
1: Yeah,
2: right? I wish I liked <laughs> olives more. Oh, I love olives. olives are it's a sickness. It's all the salt. <laughs> I like salt. Just, it's about the same <laughs> just thing. Just give me a martini glass of salt, A little please. brine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm feeling that already. Just talking <laughs> oh. about it. Blood pressure's going up. Oh, God. Um, all right. I guess before we start, Nick, as always, how are you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, I was reacquainted
0: with a one last film love of mine here. Um, I got to see it for the first time, and I saw the unrated version for the first time, too. So... I feel like it'll be... It's funny. the tra- we're, we're, we're kind of burying the lead here. We haven't even officially started the show, but the, it's funny watching it on Amazon Prime uh, since <laughs> the story behind the unrated version is John Landis was allowed to... They pretty much said, hey, this movie's such a big success. Let's do an unrated version. We saved all this footage. Uh, but I believe it was all like the negative and uh, the negative always kind of has a different look to yeah. it. than. The yeah, it, it was a little brighter. You could see like uh, you could see whenever they cut to like added footage. It wasn't super jarring, but like the color, like things were just a little bit or little more, a little more yellow tinted to it. As, yeah. Um, if I wouldn't have pointed out, like Amanda noticed a couple shots looked weird, but if I wouldn't have pointed out, she might not. have. Noticed. Yeah, I
3: didn't know why. Like I thought it was just an odd coloring choice
0: or like, like a bad uh,
3: transfer. Like what? What was I'm trying
2: to think because I can't remember which version I watched, but I, because I've seen it so many times, it's hard for me to distinguish between the two anymore.
1: So, the first time that I really noticed it was in the church sequence, um, where he sees the light. They go to like a lot of the wide shots, um, the like the super wides of the whole church, were clearly this like other processing that. That got clipped, and that's okay. when I went. Oh, and you some, know what? And I sometimes I, I
0: just knowing what I know about editing, and how some, it's like some of these scenes wouldn't cut together. I think it was like alternate takes sometimes too. But uh, mm-hmm. I noticed it early on when he, like the prophylactic scene, like um, <laughs> I feel like I noticed it first when they were when they were like, you know, black hat, black tuxedo. Uh,
3: I and, noticed it when they were talking to the nun because just some of the lighting looked yellow.
0: Some of that might have been intentional. <laughs>
3: Yeah, but better. no, but it looked like those scenes did. In,
1: in, inconsistently
0: yellow? Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Well, I guess, you know, I asked you how you were, and we're already start talking about the movie. I feel like I should read my intro. <laughs> how are you doing, Nick? Well, about the Blues Brothers. <laughs> well, you and, know
1: how I am? Blues Brothers. And I, Same. And,
0: and here I am trying to, like, like, make you anticipate when we finally talk about you. You're like, Blues Brothers. Like, here we go. <laughs> A sip of coffee for the working man. Warning! This movie podcast actually discusses movies. Be aware that it may discuss any of the following elements
1: endings, surprise twists, unexpected cameos, and all manner of spoilers. If this doesn't appeal to you, why listen to a movie podcast? Without further ado, please enjoy our feature presentation The Shameless Picture Show.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the. Sh- <laughs> Our sound guy just freaked out a little bit. Sorry about that, Kyle. Uh, I should uh, move from the mic a little bit. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shameless Picture Show. I am Michael Byers, and with me, as always, is the man from Calumet City that can turn goat piss into gasoline.
1: Nick Richards.
0: <laughs> oh, I was hoping you're. I, I mixed two of them together for you, Nick, because yeah, you nice would and not smooth. shut up about Calumet City, and I had no idea the reference until I until we uh, until I watched the movie. Now you understand how special this movie is to me. Exactly. Also joining us on today's episode are two very special co-hosts. First, we've got my beautiful and talented wife, Amanda, making her whopping fifth appearance on the Shameless Picture Show I counted last night. And making her first appearance on the show is Katie Cadaver. Katie Cadaver is a longtime listener of the show, but she's also a jack of all trades. She's a makeup artist for the horror punk Rat Bat Spider. Sorry, that's kind of a complicated name to say, Rat Bat Spider, because it's all one word, so it's like it Rat Bat Spider. Uh, and a longstanding standing met, and she rhymes, <laughs> rhymes runs Grindhouse Tees, a burlesque troupe dedicated to body positivity and creativity. Did I miss anything on there?
2: Uh, no, that's a pretty good uh, roundabout picture of who I am.
0: Like you do make up for yourself as well, but I thought like I might I as well give Ratbat Spider a. Uh, I always, a payday.
2: I always plug Ratbat Spider any chance I get, so you they, they owe me huge. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, but yeah, like well, even when she came in today, on the back of her vest, she had their patch, and it's like, yep, she's repping the band.
2: I do. They're <laughs> on my car. They're on my jacket. They're uh, tattooed on my body. Yeah, I'm pretty devoted.
0: <laughs> for those of you out there listening, it's not just a blind devotion. She is, uh, she is dating one of the members of the band too. Yes, yes. Like, the, the that doesn't mean singer. anything. I've got a yep. Misfits tattoo on my on my arm, and I'm not dating Glenn Danzig. So
2: not yet.
0: Yet. Okay, <laughs> her, is
3: that?
0: No, right? I feel like he'd be. A, I feel like that would not be a very a good. I feel like that'd be a tumultuous relationship. He does not seem like he's a very caring lover. <laughs> <laughs> if you've listened to this to the songs, I don't. I don't feel like I could trust being alone with him.
3: <laughs> wow,
0: this is the one. Mo- mo- he
3: doesn't listen to this. this I, I hope
4: he
1: does.
2: I would be willing to try it out. Just saying.
4: <laughs>
1: this is the most I've made Nick laugh all season. <laughs> the safe word is shameless. <laughs>
3: the I
2: think started. that's two sh- two safe words.
1: <laughs> this is the most I've made him laugh in three seasons. As <laughs> yeah. safe phrase, can we do I like that. The Safe phrase. <laughs>
0: Uh and, and in case, uh, well, I don't know how I'm going to ed- edit this episode yet, but on today's episode, <laughs> if you weren't listening before, we're on a mission for God, from God as we tackle Blues Brothers. Joliet, Jake Blues, a musician and criminal, is released from prison on parole on account of good behavior. Waiting for him is his brother, Elwood Blues. Jake just wants to get his life back together with his brother and his band, but while visiting the orphanage they grew up in, the Blues Brothers find out that this orphanage is about to close if they can't get together $5,000. The nun that runs the place wants them to help, but refuses to take any stolen money. Together, on a mission from God, Jake and Elwood set out to get the old band back together, play some killer shows, raise some money, and save the orphanage that made them who they are. Directed by John Landis in 1980, the script for the film was written by Landis and one of the film stars, Dan Aykroyd, based on two characters from Saturday Night Live. The film was unlike many other films that came before, combining unconventional structure, over-the-top comedy, and some amazing R&B musical numbers. The film would go on to be one of the most successful films based on an SNL skit, with I think Wayne's World 1 and 2 being up there as well, and would be considered one of the greatest comedies ever made. The film stars the duo of Dan Aykroyd and John Berluschi as the titular characters, and features a supporting cast of Carrie Fisher, which annoys me she doesn't actually have a name in the movie, she's just a mysterious woman, (laughs) Uh, Henry Gibson... John Candy, and Kathleen Freeman. But let's also not forget about all the amazing musicians such as James Brown, Cab Calloway, Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles, and more. You'd better get bright, pal. we got a show to do. Then we got to figure out some way to collect that gate money. Get it to the Cook County Assessor's Office as soon as they open in the morning. Joliet,
4: Jake, and Elwood Blues. Two men with
1: a mission. Only eleven days.
4: And don't come back until you've
2: redeemed yourselves.
4: Oh, Our Lady of Plastic Acceleration, don't fail me now. Ah! Beat, feel Be- 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 it, Be- oh! Me and the Lord. You don't understand it. We're on a mission from God.
0: Yeah. Lots of space in this mall. Ain't gonna well, let yourself be free.
4: People
1: walking around every day playing games losing my laugh account when you
2: don't lose yours. How are you gonna raise five thousand dollars in eleven days without ripping off somebody? Dance to
4: jailhouse rock dance to jail house rock dance to jail house rock dance through jailhouse,
3: jailhouse, jailhouse, jailhouse rock I remain celibate for you.
4: Shang shang sing it baby hit it my heart's out, my true love will be waiting. If my estimations are correct, we should be very close to the Honorable Richard J. Daley Plaza. That's where they got that Picasso. Yep. <laughs> Two guys come in here, black suits, black
0: hats, one carrying a briefcase? Yeah, I just sent them down there. Thank you.
2: John Belushi.
3: You, how much for your wife? <laughs> Dan Aykroyd. After the gig, uh, maybe
0: we could, like, uh, hang out together. James Brown.
4: I heard the sign in my
0: car. Cab Calloway.
1: Hoody, 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 ho!
4: Hoody, hoody, ho! Ray Charles. You, you know depreciation, man.
1: Carrie Fisher.
4: I must now kill you
1: and your brother. Aretha Franklin
4: You're living with me now, and you're not gonna go sliding around with your old white woman friends.
2: Henry Gibson He better pray the police get to him before we do. And the Blues Brothers
3: Band. Let's go, boys. The
1: Blues Brothers.
2: Are you the police?
0: No, ma'am. We're musicians. That was actually the easiest intro to write in three seasons, because there's not yeah. much plot to this movie. It's a pretty simple
4: one.
0: It is pretty simple. It's like get out of prison, earn money. They're on a mission from God. On a We're mission from God. Um, yeah, it, it, it was like, oh, I can, uh, I can follow this really easily, um, even though it is on my shame list. Um, I guess, I guess I'll start with how I feel about it. It's really weird when no one asks me. Um, <laughs> hey, Michael. Hey, Michael. <laughs> Thank you. I was how do you on a How bit. do you feel about the Blues
1: Brothers? What was your first impression? I liked
0: the Blues Brothers. Um, I thought I had seen more of it than I had. Um, I had seen the Aretha Franklin scene. That was it. Okay. And then, like, wow. clips from, like, you know, we're on a mission from God. I feel like I've seen that clip. Yeah. Uh, uh, the very end, like, when he has his line, like, we've got a hundred and something miles to Chicago. 106
2: <laughs> miles to Chicago. Full <laughs> tank of gas.
0: Let's be specific. Half a pack
2: of cigarettes. It's dark. And we're wearing sunglasses. And we're wearing
1: sunglasses. <laughs> Hit it!
0: It's 106 miles to Chicago. we got a full tank of gas. Half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark. And we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it! I've seen that clip. I feel like anytime someone does, like, a compilation of, um... Of like uh of moments in movie history, uh you see that clip. And it it oh, yeah. usually, if it doesn't start off one of them like one of those montages, it usually finishes with it. Oh,
1: I realized in watching this uh, this time that whenever I am around my family or um, some of my <sighs> Chicago friends, I slip into a
0: slight Elwood Blues accent. Well, I kept thinking <laughs> throughout the movie, it's like I can see Nick doing all of these dance moves. All I danced. love the
1: way Elwood dances. I love with his just like high knee, like yes,
0: like that, I think that was like my uh, going back to a, a, ter- a term that we coined a couple of episodes ago. That was my thrill house <laughs> moment of the movie is when they're in the church and he realizes that this is how they're going to make the money. And, like, for no, like, I don't register it as dancing at first. And he's, like, Elwood agrees with him. And then he starts high knee, like, stepping. (laughs) And then just goes into, is, like, is he about to run out of the church? What is he going to do? And, no, that's just how he's dancing. And he does the
1: exact same dance when they're at their final show at the end. Oh. Down the little catwalk I I like when he's just
0: doing, like, the half jumping jack down the stage. He's like, (laughs) I could do that dance. I'm also not used to seeing Dan Aykroyd so thin. He's right? still so there yeah. in this movie. Never it's again. Like, so he's kind of a fox in this movie.
2: <laughs> he kind of is.
1: Like It's funny, you'd you'd think he was the one doing ten million dollars worth of
0: cocaine on the You would of the assume. You would assume <laughs> that he was he was the one coked out of his mind. And everyone like I've got nothing against John Belushi at all, but like I like for me, Dan Aykroyd is the star of this movie. I, he was the one I couldn't take my eyes off of. He's like he's yeah. he's 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 not, he's not he's doing a quarter of what John Belushi's doing but he's doing more. If that makes well, John every... Belushi did
2: do some backflips there. I'm, I think it was not a stunt double is what I heard.
0: One only the reason I wasn't too sure is because they never showed his face when he was doing them. But That's if that was actually John Belushi doing backflips... How do you show flips?
3: someone's face while they're doing
0: a... Well, because whenever he would land, oh, they, they cut, would do yeah. a cut I... then to his close-up. They wouldn't like you know let him Here do was... and then like have him face the camera. I believe he did not do the multiple
1: ones but he did do a Saint like there was a single shot where he did a single backflip into the- and then you saw his face into the camera.
3: Cocaine is a hell of a drug.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> Amanda, what did you think of the Blues Brothers?
3: It was a lot of fun. I mean, I had never seen any part of it. The only idea I had of it was based on like the songs I played in band, which never actually showed up in the film.
0: <laughs> she knew their she knew their version of Soul Man she kept wait waiting like where's Soul Man? Where's Soul Man? And then it never
3: came. Like... I'm soul man. I'm soul
4: man. Why'd I have the bowl part? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Why'd I have the bowl <laughs>
0: every everything can work into the Simpsons. Yep.
3: <laughs> Sam's little helper? Guess I was the only one who loved him you got that right remember the time he ate my goldfish and you lied to me and said i never had any goldfish but why'd i have the ball part why did i have the ball
0: but no Um, uh, for me what was surprising because like i i knew that aretha franklin scene which was done on a on a stage and it had a very musical feel to it because like the scene kind of opened up and you know you had someone playing saxophone on the on the desk and everything so like I kind of was expecting the entire film to have this classic Hollywood musical vibe, where, like kind of like West Side Story, where even when they're outside, it feels like it's on a stage. So I was like pleasantly surprised that they used so many real Chicago locations, and it kind of had a grittier feel. And it was just such a wacky use of tones. Like sometimes it was very hard boiled, and um, you know, uh, crime cop. Story thing going on, <laughs> and then it would have these crazy flights of fancy, and then these over the top comedy moments. and Carrie Fisher,
3: I didn't expect <laughs> the comedy, like how silly it got. I did not expect, like, I, was, I, the, I enjoyed it. I just that's not what I imagined. based on what I knew about when the film. she
0: pulled out the bazooka, I was like, okay, this it tells me everything I need to know about this movie, <laughs> right? <laughs> or the amount of cop cars that they trashed in oh the final chase, sequence.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> world <laughs> record at one time. And it's like, and at one time, not, not anymore? No. When,
0: when I was perusing Wikipedia, they were like, the film was going over budget before it even began because Dan Aykroyd took an extra five weeks to write the script. Is like, that, they were over budget before they even shot that fucking that cop car scene. Must have. Yeah,
2: it was like a $17 million budget and it ended up somewhere at like $28 million, I think.
0: Wow. The Blues Brothers is the reason that comedies now cost so much.
2: <laughs> right? I think it still holds the record for the most expensive comedy, I think. Don't quote me on that.
0: Which is crazy. Um, like I thought, like it's it's not that it's a complicated movie, but there's a lot going on in it. Oh
2: yeah.
1: Well, let's. So we got the initial impressions from those that it's on the shame list. Of I would love to get Katie's explanation of why this is her favorite movie.
2: Well, it goes back a long way for me. Uh, like I was talking to you guys earlier, um, my mom originally recorded this movie off of TV. I believe it was Milwaukee's Super 18 uh, TV station that was showing it. Oh, that just brought um, me
0: back. What? Yeah, Super
2: 18. <laughs> Super 18, yep. And so my brother and I grew up watching this film you know, from the TV edited version taped to VHS. So we knew, you know, exactly where the commercial breaks were. Um, if I thought really hard, I could probably even remember some of the commercials that were recorded with the movie. That's amazing. Yeah. So for a lot of years, that's how I watched it. So I think, I don't know, maybe I was in high school or something when I finally saw like a v- an actual VHS copy or it wasn't, I don't think, out on DVD by then. Um, but yeah, it was like, whoa, I have to relearn this movie with all the swear words and you know, with some of the things that were cut
1: out. So They they cut the Folgers commercial out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: So for a long, for a long time, you know, it was it was the the V uh, the recorded off TV and then whatever VHS copy I had and then eventually now I have like two steelbooks of this movie. I almost bought um, one from Steel Target books? the other day. Yeah, there's the, two the different one steelbooks. That was the one yep, I, I have that one and then there's another one with them like dancing on the cover or something. So <laughs> it's the only movie that I feel like um, for my collection I need to have two or more. Like I will continue to purchase them. That's if, Halloween yeah. for me. Yeah, everybody's yeah. got that one. It, yeah, that and, and the Text Chainsaw Mask for part two. I will take as many copies of those films as I can get. I don't <laughs> care what format, you know, laserdisc, whatever. Um Lion so... King.
0: Yeah, that's Lion King for a man. But that's her movie. <laughs> uh,
2: everybody's got one. <laughs> so that's how I first started watching it. And it really as a film, like I grew up on the south side of Milwaukee. So Ooh. seeing the the images of Chicago, this, you know, urban epicenter. Yeah, it was a lot. Yes. And that one shot of Milwaukee. Um, <laughs> there is just a lot of similarities. You know, the industrial, the way that Chicago mm-hmm. is this industrial, you know, kind of grimy city. Yeah. It looked a lot like the Milwaukee that I grew up in. And I could relate to just the, the entire, like, urban feel of this film really spoke to me as a kid i didn't understand why i didn't understand the the level of why that was but it really just did um and aside from that the musical numbers were awesome like you guys are talking about the dancing well my brother and i used to dance in front of the tv to this movie uh (laughs) like every scene particularly one of my <clears throat> most favorite scenes um in the music shop with ray charles like we we would do every dance move to that we loved it and this was also my brother's favorite movie uh growing up and he passed away in 2011 we actually put the blu-ray on the table next to his casket I and mean, it was that significant Aww. of a movie for for our entire family and my mom still really likes this film too and and i would say my dad probably likes it too so as a family this is a this is a big, important movie for us.
0: And I can definitely see why it's a movie that the more you see it can grow on you. Because, like, I really enjoyed it my first time. And, like, I feel like it would mean more to me had I seen it when I was younger. Like, yeah. there's, that, there's that connection you have to movies when you see it. Pardon me. Uh, when you're younger. But it was, like, I just had this feeling that, like, oh, I want to re- watch the theatrical version. I want to see how it all differs. And I just feel like the more I see it, the more it's just gonna going to connect with me
2: totally that's that's how i feel and every time i watch it i i get i feel happy i feel giddy it's like reminds me of my brother but not in like that sad way where i'm depressed it's just like takes me back immediately i I'm, i can't stop moving i can't stop you know saying the lines i annoy the people who are watching the movie <laughs> with me because i will say every line a half a second before it comes do you, so do you sing <laughs> the
0: entire rendition of rawhide uh,
2: i have i probably don't do it every time but
0: <laughs> that was the most pleasant surprise for me watching this movie. I was not expecting them to go into the entire rendition of Rawhide, done very uh, well.
1: That that was the scene that I that felt to me like most extended by the the unrated extended version. That yeah. scene is cut way down in the regular version. It's a shame, that's one of my favorite scenes. It <laughs>
3: was a fun one, yeah <laughs> uh
0: okay, so we we've heard uh we've heard Katie's connecting to it, Nick, Nick, you would not stop bugging me to be on this episode. Tell me why um you mean other than the fact that I'm from Calumet City yeah, yeah was there a be reason okay, besides the, the that in fact,
1: you're from Calumet City? I loved really, this are you really movie from Calumet City? I I lived there for several years. So you're not um, from, you're from Calumet South. City. I'm not from there. Oh, okay. No, I am from Illinois. Oh, I was uh, I was born in Waukegan, and I didn't move to Illinois until <laughs> uh, seventh grade.
3: Oh, I didn't know that. Um,
1: but I do have that. Um, it, the Blues Brothers has a a vibe, a quality that I have not seen in any other film. It it it's almost like a taste it's so palpable the the essence that this movie puts out um and it captures the the chicagoland area in the late 70s early 80s um in a way that no other film has even attempted to do um and and so putting this on like i'm immediately transported back to my childhood seeing those cars on the street Um, and these, these scenes that I passed by whenever we would go on a road trip, um, is is really cool. Um, the, the music has stuck with me, um, the, and, and one of, um, uh, Dan Aykroyd's intentions for creating the, the Blues Brothers SNL sketch was to try and, like, like, Blues was dying from his perspective and he did this just to like bring attention back to blues and it brought me to blues music in a way that i probably never would have been had it not been for this movie um so yeah and and the cameos are fucking
0: fantastic i agree Um, like that was uh and that was that was my original connection to this film um was um Introducing blues to an audience like that, that was the reason I saw it. This was in uh, the bits and pieces. I saw was in middle school um, our uh, Music teacher Was doing a lesson on the blues and he started off with That like he started he showed us the entire set of wreath Franklin scene from John Lee Hooker playing boom boom all the way through the end of it So like just to kind of like show a who's who he would have showed the entire movie if we would have had more than like 45 <laughs> minutes in a class
1: right <laughs> Um, so one thing I'd like to do uh, to kind of kick us off into the next section is I'd like to hear each person's favorite musical number and each person's favorite cameo. Because there's
0: so many of both. Hmm.
2: That's tough.
0: While we're thinking, I just want to, I want to point out one thing that uh, brought me a lot of joy. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with finger tattoos. And I always thought, oh, my name is terrible because so you can't get it tattooed on your fingers. And I love that Elwood has it, <laughs> has it just broken off into the other yes. part of his hand. Doesn't have it even at all. Like yeah, I, do they try and balance. To it? me, to me, the way that, that detail, because um, uh, John Landis has a theory when it comes to filmmaking, and especially of costumes, and maybe he thinks this because he he's married to the costume designer <laughs> on the film. Uh, And he said, you should be able to know everything you need to know from a character by looking about how they're dressed and details on them. To me, Elwood's tattoo made me think that Jake got it done first. Elwood, who's the little, (laughs) imagine the younger brother, thought it was so cool. He wanted to do it too, but his name was too long.
2: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Totally. That's one of the Um, details that was not lost on me as a kid either. You know, where I definitely noticed it and I definitely noticed the, the unbalance. So. Jake and Elwood was like my um, frame of reference for finger tattoos, like going into life. Mm -hmm. And so I pay attention to people's finger tattoos and I'm like, why can't I read it? Maybe there's more on the other hand or... (laughs)
0: yeah so that was like one of my favorite little details and i like, I knew it was coming because the steel book there's a steel book release, and it's it's their hands, and it's the top one is Jake's hand, and the bottom one is both of elwood's hands <laughs> <laughs> and so I knew that was coming, and it was like, I just love that little detail that he wanted like, like that's what keeps me like uh, that's what I wanted more from this movie. Is I wanted to know more about them, uh um, yeah. and I knew I wasn't gonna get it, but like there's just so many questions about like um I I did a little bit of reading about the film and apparently their fake or their fabricated biography was that they are not actually, (laughs) like they're not actual brothers, but they they, they became blood brothers while in an orphanage by pricking their finger off of like a guitar string and then they became like best friends and essentially each other's family. Um, and I was like, oh, that's all really interesting information, but it's also kind of adds to the mystique of the film not really knowing anything about them. They're just these two goofy dudes.
2: Yeah, I think um, on the other podcast that I do, uh, one of our members likes to talk a lot about character development, and he seems to really enjoy films that really get into developing the characters and their backstory and learning all about them, and I actually like that, the blues brothers are sort of mysterious i feel like they are sort of the vehicle to showcase black music you know mm-hmm. and, and rhythm and soul and the idea that they're kind of in these basic outfits uh, behind the hat and sunglasses you know they're not actually put in the spotlight and i mean they are but they aren't I think...
0: They are there to service the music, not to service right. themselves. They're not trying to get themselves over.
2: Right. But their characters are still interesting enough that we care what happens to them.
0: Yeah. I also appreciate that they're bulletproof.
2: Totally. <laughs> and Elwood's, like, the best driver ever. That's so sexy. That makes him automatically the sexiest guy in the movie because he drives like a beast. <laughs>
1: Well, and and you'd never know it looking at his face, like the, uh, or, or face? listening to him talk while he's doing it. <laughs> the when that mall
0: chase sequence. Where oh my god! Oh, <laughs> New Oldsmobiles oh, are in a... early
2: this year.
1: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> this this movie seemed like it, it seemed like the least likely movie to have a car chase, and it had a couple of the best car chases i All ever seen. car chases. Um, but going back to... You want out of this parking lot? <laughs> okay. And then hard cut to the Toys R Us. <laughs> uh, but going back to your question, Nick, um, I, yes. uh, I guess I will try to answer... I, I don't know if it's my legitimate favorite musical number, but I still really love that Rawhide musical number. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I was not expecting Elwood's insanely deep voice. And then when, uh, and then Jake just grabs the whip and is just like, what's this? Yeah! face oh,
3: through that, though, when he was, like, just straight-faced.
0: I know, and that's, time. they have no emotion when they're singing. They're just out there, just, like you said, they're just kind of there to service the music. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We're
3: sure glad to be here in Kokomo tonight. We're the good old Blues Brothers Boys Man from Chicago. Sure hope you like our show. I'm Elwood, my brother, Jake... Song?
2: Hey, why'd they turn off
0: the lights? Maybe they blew a fuse.
4: I don't think so, man. Those lights are
0: off on purpose. Okay, we gotta figure out something these people like and fast. Hey, I've got it. Remember the theme from Rawhide? Feel favor, Rowdy Yates. What key? Hey,
3: good country key. Rawhide and A.
0: I really liked that one. I uh, but I think like my favorite like I guess cameo uh, uh, musical scene would probably be the Ray Charles bit.
3: That one was my favorite, yeah. and that was my favorite musical number. I think. Um, I don't know. I just like that whole scene a lot. Uh, uh,
0: uh, excuse me. I don't think there's anything wrong with the action on this piano.
1: you've been dancing with all over the neighborhood so why didn't you ask me baby or didn't you think i could
3: well i know that the boogaloo is out of sight what's the shame
0: i like that ray charles put on a gun on a child (laughs) right
1: (laughs) but then that little like mini soliloquy about like oh it's such a shame
0: to see a good kid go bad right (laughs) and then it's funny throughout the the entire scene i was like i don't know if they're playing that ray charles in this movie is blind or not i couldn't tell Oh really? Until the very end, when he was hanging the polish up, yep. and down. I was like, okay, oh. he, his character is blind in the movie. See, like, I
3: got it the whole time. Well, like, I that knew, was that I was knew Ray comedy. Charles was blind,
0: but well, I didn't yeah. know they were casting him to be. But blind. like,
3: I guess that's why I enjoyed that scene so much, and that's why it was so much fun, especially with the kid, because yeah. like he, the kid was trying to sneak in because there were other people, so he thought no one would hear him. Well,
0: exactly, and like I kept going back and forth, and I kind of, like up until the end, I was like I liked not knowing if his character was supposed to be, <laughs> be blind or not. <laughs>
1: It was such a great dad the the end bit cuz it was fine on its own that he had this like super human you know sense yeah. despite his blindness where <laughs> he, he knew everything that was going well, on there, the whole time and then say, that little the addition of the poster
0: bit was like the <laughs> the perfect way to cap that So do you have a favorite but, cameo besides Ray Charles? I like John Lee Hooker being in the film too. I thought that was a nice touch.
3: Um I mean I also really liked the Aretha Franklin
0: uh, mm-hmm.
3: Scene. Although him just like just leaving his wife and not like oh like yeah no, the the guitarist no explanation or anything the, This kind, band like,
0: needs more really? like yeah just because like I it, okay he's leaving work early but it's like oh no he just literally just left his wife he's in prison and everything and she, right. she's just <laughs> manning the store
3: I felt bad for her I swear to God employee. it wasn't
4: my fault. <laughs>
0: How about you, Katie? Who, what was your uh, some of your favorites?
2: God, it's like picking your favorite child.
0: Well, pick your favorite child.
2: It's I don't yeah. know if I can. Um, Nick does it every week. Oh man, e-
1: equal <laughs> equally as hard as Sophie's choice, I think. This is <laughs> it's tough. It's tough.
2: Um, I guess I too have always enjoyed um, the the music store Ray Charles scene because it was such a fun one to dance to as a kid in front of the TV. Um, I don't know. Every single, every single musical number in this movie is awesome. I really love um, the church. Uh, uh, yeah, scene. James, yeah, great James Brown. So, yeah, James Brown is amazing. Uh, <laughs> As far as my favorite cameo, though, it might be Frank Oz in the beginning, only because... Oh, he was uh, in that movie, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, I'm, as a kid, right, I recognized <laughs> Kermit's voice, and, and or not Kermit, um, Miss Piggy's voice or Grover's voice, you know, in Frank Oz right away in the beginning. And, you know, I think my mom was like, oh, yeah, you recognize that voice, right? You know, because I watched Sesame Street religiously Mm -hmm. also another uh thing where you know it has like those that urban tie sesame street taking place in new york city kind of that same thing so frank oz was kind of a fun when i realized that was the first time where i realized like oh muppets are actually people and these are the voices (laughs) that they're using um so that one remains a favorite and i kind of have had a uh love for Frank Oz since because of his involvement in creating the Muppets, which has been another thing that has shaped my my upbringing and my childhood and stuff.
0: I also love the Muppets, so I feel that
2: yeah but i mean there's some and and also cab calloway and like minnie the moocher like oh all that, that was stuff great is and, like i too like awesome. when the when the
0: curtain opens and he's just got the white suit yep, on yeah yep. and uh, i wish i could remember the exact story i wanted to listen to it again before i watched this but if uh not to plug another podcast but it's probably one of the best movie podcasts out there leonard malton has got his own podcast called malton on movies and he did an episode with john landis Ooh. when they were talking all about making this film and John Landis said he just knew he wanted to get Cab Calloway in the movie as someone that he always loved and respected. And he said Cab Calloway was a crotchety old jerk oh, yeah. in the most <laughs> lovable way possible. But like at one point, they wanted to... He's like, okay, what's, uh, uh, we should rehearse Minnie the Moocher. And he's like, do you think I need to rehearse Minnie the Moocher? And he's just giving him shit through the entire production. But And he said he'd keep going on about how he doesn't want to do the song. And it's like... And, but then he'd do it, and he'd, he'd go out there and do the, one of the best renditions of it. Well,
2: and originally, um, Cab Calloway wanted to... He had released it like a disco version of yes, it. Yes, he did. He, he wanted that version. He wanted there. that version, and uh, Landis obviously wanted the original version, and the recordings of the original version weren't very good, so he had to redo it sort of in the original version, do it again. And yeah, that was what probably made Cab Calloway the most uh, crabby.
0: Yeah, because he, he, he wanted this new version because he wanted to pimp that record. Yeah, uh, and John's like, no, we gotta do the oh, like like. Uh, and John said like he knew Cap Callaway for you know they were friends for a while after that, and he said he, he, he was pretty confident Cap Callaway was just giving him shit, but he's <laughs> like, you put you put the he in his mind the disco version was the money maker, and right. he had to put the money maker in the movie. I don't think anyone wants a disco version of Minnie the Moocher. Nope. No don't think to and, this day and, I've
2: ever even heard it.
0: I don't wanna go I don't wanna hear it. And I'm gonna put it in the episode if- now just for that. <laughs> <laughs> Even
1: if they did, this is not the movie for the disco version. No, right. it's really not.
0: Um, especially, too, because they have that whole sequence in the uh, in the sauna where they're like, oh, those clubs are disco places now. Uh, best comedy beat in that moment, though, is when they get up and walk away and the entire band in towels gets up and walks away with them. <laughs> That's apparently a reference to an album cover. Is it? I heard
1: yeah, that of too. like, it's like an exact replication of... The, the band sitting in towels in a sauna. Um, I just read that uh, in preparation for the episode, so I don't know which album it's a reference to.
0: That's still pretty great, though.
2: <laughs> I, I could be. No, it can't be Beatles. It was something, though. Mm-hmm. Darn it. I wish I could remember. <laughs> I don't remember.
0: But no, I, I appreciate, too, that this, like, oh, what this film was trying to do for rhythm and blues music, where it was trying. Because in the time when it was came out, it wasn't that it wasn't popular, it just kind of it's I it was guess dying. I'm saying, what it was, it, dying. it was dying. It wasn't as popular. Um, and so that they wanted to do this, this film, that's a love letter to rhythm and blues without necessarily feeling like they're making fun of it. And, um, Cause like nowadays, especially uh, uh, John Belushi's brother Jim, any movie he's in, he's always in a he's always in a white guy blues band, Chicago blues band, and it's always really right. cringy. But like this film felt like it was, it just had such a love for it, and it wasn't just a you know a white guy dad rock, jazz band. <laughs> yeah, you, rock can, you know what I'm talking the- about? <laughs> Anytime you see a sitcom with an overweight dude, he's always in some yep. sort of shitty jazz band, <laughs> or sorry, shitty blues band. <laughs>
1: um i i too it, it's a little redundant at this point but like my my favorite is the ray charles sequence um but as a kid it was the cab calloway
0: song like that many he the can still really to move too he's doing like the arm lean thing and right it's like oh cab still got it because like i've seen the i've seen old renditions of him doing the song um i've taken a couple blues classes when i was in college so i've, I've heard a lot of these songs but it's like oh well cab calloway still got it which is great yeah
1: uh, my favorite, as much as I love uh, the Paul Rubens cameo, that was so uh, subtle, <laughs> so sudden. I, I love Steven Spielberg's cameo.
3: Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> that was one of my favorites too because it came out of nowhere. I
3: always feel like he never looks it, the way I expect him to look. I don't know what I expect, right. but whenever I see him, it's not that.
0: Actually, you know what my favorite cameo was in the entire movie, the the gas building at downtown Milwaukee.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, um
2: first wisconsin building it was like, called w- it. and when
0: that came up uh when they were like turning on to the it's like i swear that looks like the, the on-ramp to the home bridge because i drive that way every time i go see my mom and then as the scene kept progressing and me and amanda had to go back it's like this is fucking milwaukee Yep, High Rise Bridge. That was
2: one of the first stories that you know, my mom was so excited to tell us about when we were going to watch the movie that she recorded off of Super 18 for us. Oh, Milwaukee's <laughs> in this movie. and you know, the, not as Milwaukee. It was, yes.
3: It's never as Milwaukee, and it yeah. makes me so upset.
2: The, and the High Rise Bridge has since been demolished and rebuilt, So, and that was the first time they were doing the market interchange, I believe.
0: It's kind of funny to think that like the market interchange has been under construction since 1980.
2: Pretty much. <laughs> and it still can't handle all the traffic.
0: <laughs> so so a couple other cameo
1: notes that I have. One is you had mentioned recognizing Miss Piggy's voice. So it's amazing that Bill Murray's cameo is, uh, do you have a Miss Piggy? <laughs> Wait, was that Bill Murray? That wasn't Bill Murray, was it? I'm pretty sure that was Bill I Murray think so. in the Toys R Us.
2: I don't think it was Bill Murray, but they did. But that is a nod to Frank Oz in that. In okay. that
0: part, yeah, yeah, that was not Bill Murray. I would have noticed if it was Bill Murray. Okay, I, that
1: that could be. <laughs> it's just strange that it wouldn't be him too with the SNL connection. But yeah, it is um, weird that so, like, you
0: would have thought he there, there, There'd be one of the Murrays in this movie. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, so, uh, I was on IMDb after watching this, and there are two uncredited roles Ooh. that have to get mentioned. Um, Mr. T is apparently in this film as Guy on the Street. <laughs> I he sure it was just some guy that looks like Mr. T. <laughs> just Guy on Street. <laughs> and one of the dancers in the Shake Your Tail Feather sequence is James Avery. Who? Uncle Phil slash The oh. Shredder. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> As,
0: uh, according to IMDb. Huh. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch that. Just now.
2: like anybody can edit IMDb and add things, right? That's
0: true. Right. <laughs> That's true. They're... Fun fact: If you go to Vincent Price's IMDb and look, look under "Thanks," my film From the Darkness theaters on there.
2: Hey, hey. <laughs> Wonder who put that there.
0: I did. <laughs> <laughs> it is thanked in the credits. It's not false. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I'm not lying. He's thanked <laughs> right next to Brian De Palma. Two names you didn't expect to see together, but they're there. <laughs> oh, I didn't take any notes for this movie, Nick, so um, I hope you did.
2: I, I took some um, notes.
0: Oh, what, 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 tell us a little bit about your notes. I have a hard time taking notes first time seeing the movie. I try to, but then I get engrossed in the film. Uh,
2: well, I had some notes about uh, it being very much a black film even though yep. the two main stars were white and how actually that affected um the box office sales in the beginning because there was like in the deep south they didn't want to show this movie at all. It was too black for them. That the, bar
0: scene was a little too on the nose for them.
2: Yeah, there was <laughs> there was distributors that said, yeah, like, you know, even in LA, like yeah, we'll show it in Compton, but you know, <laughs> we're not gonna show it in Beverly Hills or or you know, it's too black. It's too black for the white population. Um which is probably something I really like about it. Um, mm-hmm. And the anti-establishment scenes and bits in this film are none of them are ever directed at the black community no. a, at any point, yeah, which sounds, I think is awesome. Yeah, the
0: only real criminals in this movie are Elwood and Jake. Well, and <laughs> and the
2: the police, you know, are seen as the the, you know, the man is kind of seen as the villain in a way, mm-hmm. and sort of they're painted as kind of being f- bumbling idiots too. He broke my watch.
0: <laughs> that Entire, like I love, like when they, they keep cutting back to the car sliding and the guy's holding his hat down.
3: I just like <laughs> they followed him into the mall. <laughs> Why would they follow him into the mall? Must suspend your dis- <laughs> your belief at this point. Um,
1: and uh, even the even though the Blues Brothers are trying to the reason why they're sent on this journey is to raise money for the church. The visuals that they use and the way they present that orphanage is really, like, borderline demonic. Oh, terrifying. Yeah. That's the way that the doors automatically open you're and that wrong. she, like...
0: Yeah,
3: her, like, and, retreating back yeah. into her office. And then, like, it's at the
0: end of a creepy frickin' alley, too. Yeah, If you're not f- yeah. familiar
3: with
2: Catholicism, it's very dark. <laughs> it's very accurate. That's another <laughs> thing that, that
0: spoke to me as
2: a, as a child. Um, probably the first time I saw this movie, I was attending Catholic school. So <laughs> it was pretty right on the nose. Yeah.
0: Well, that's why they wanted to rebrand it with Catholicism, wow. Yeah. <laughs> right. What? It was a, it's a dogma. Right? Buddy Christ. With buddy Christ. With the Buddy Christ, where Christ is like, yeah. Yeah, I remember that, okay. Yep, because Jesus didn't come Catholics down here morning. to give
1: everyone the willies.
0: <laughs> and then, like, with the door Sorry, swinging think... open and closing on their own, Amanda's like, uh-uh. <laughs> I mean,
4: that
2: is really kind of, at least when I was going to Catholic school for the whole two years I went, um, nuns were very you know our sister mary milo was the uh nun principal at the catholic school that i went to on the south side of milwaukee and uh, she was very much uh, like the penguin you know i can i can, <laughs> can very glide? much she had a gliding quality Ugh,
0: my mom no. it's funny like my mom tells me my mom went to catholic school she went my to saint too. she went to saint um and uh, she was always telling me stories about how she loved the nun she's like there was this one nun she's like she was so small and she wore green converse
3: <laughs> that's amazing.
0: So more of a sister act nun than a blues. Yeah, brother yeah. And you'd think they'd be like, come on, they could have they could have thrown one singing nun scene in that movie. It was already two and a half hours. They could, what's another five minutes? Yeah.
2: Well, and what churches are paying property taxes? That's my other question.
0: That's and this is funny because like back, I have to keep reminding myself this is 1980, and they were like, we need five grand. I'm like, that's it. That's not too so bad. That seems doable. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not like it's 10 I 15 keep grand. Keep in
3: mind the orphanage probably doesn't make money. Fair it's an orphanage, it's not like they're charging people to go to school there and stuff.
0: Nah, fair enough. She just spent her time just hitting kids. Pretty much. I love the way she ended up
1: getting the ruler like just off kind of their heads. And then when she breaks and grabs the bigger one. Yeah. <laughs> With that was a straight up Highlander. Movie. It
0: was. There can be only one. <laughs> can we have the Penguin versus the Kurgan? That's the new Highlander. Like, you know how the, that YouTube channel that does like the verses things like they'll have like Goku. Versus? Epic rap battles of history. Yeah. <laughs> we should have the. We should have the. Uh, we should have the Penguin versus the Kurgan. No one would find it nearly as funny as this we do on this show. <laughs>
2: Uh, references.
1: <laughs> uh, the name uh, Reverend Cleophas really stuck out to me this time, so I looked up uh, what the meaning of Cleophas meant. Uh, Sight of Glory. I found, given what happens in that church, I found
0: that significant. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. I would have never have thought to look into that name.
2: Yeah,
0: me either. Uh. <laughs> this, is, this is Nick's literary background that I appreciate that he brings to the show. Everything means something. <laughs> so what does it mean that they cast James Brown in that scene?
1: Uh, it means that they got a badass uh, musical number out of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of a story. When uh, the high school I went to was uh, Ronald Wilson Reagan College Preparatory High School, uh, it, there's a, there's a longer title than Damn. that too, uh, and they named it after <laughs> that, Reagan because abridged... he had just died around that time. And they like because the original to- name of the school is Town of Lake, so like let's name it after someone important. James Brown died two weeks later. Had we waited? Uh, we could have been James Brown College Preparatory High School.
2: I Somehow, I doubt it.
0: Oh, but that would have been so cool. Do
1: you see the light? <laughs> What's
0: funny though about going to Reagan, like when you came in, they had this big mural that was done by students. They did one of those things where they like, like they took a picture of Ronald Reagan. And they broke it off in the section, and each student had to like, do their square, and they put it together okay. make a picture of Reagan. They to- chose a picture of him in a cowboy hat, and I walked in and was like, Why the fuck is John <laughs> Wayne on the, on the wall? Because <laughs> it looked more like John Wayne. <laughs> Something else
1: that I- needs to be said there are some amazing mustaches in this film. There really
2: are. I think 1980 was a good year for mustaches in general. <laughs> right.
1: if,
0: I had a better, if I had a better mustache, I would just I would just pull off the mustache. But then you'd see the <laughs> second chin. the is creepy
2: to me though in, in I, terms of like, yeah, a sexual ha- attraction because my dad has had a mustache for 40 years.
0: That's fair. I feel like you need <laughs> to have the right type of mustache. Like Burt Reynolds without a mustache looks weird. But Burt, yeah, Burt Reynolds yeah. with a mustache but I feel like, makes the man.
3: I feel like having more makes it less weird
0: that's fair
2: mustaches are very 1980s 1970s you know the old porn stash reference (laughs) but yeah i will always and forever see my dad in the face of a man with only a mustache and
0: (laughs) therefore (laughs) that's a problem shame (laughs) it (laughs) yeah that would be weird yeah okay that's that's a fair point uh I, i i feel like my dad had two looks growing up he had you look, you see the right pictures of him, he's got his hair uh, slick, he had, and he had black hair, he had slick black hair and a mustache, and he kind of looked like Antonio Banderas, and then he there's other times he looked like me, with just the full beard. <laughs> there was no in-between.
3: I didn't realize he had black hair. Where'd your hair color come from? I don't know. Okay. I don't
0: well, know. Well, I'd say the that's milkman. really
1: one look, Michael, because you are
0: the spitting image of Antonio Banderas.
1: <laughs>
0: I am. <laughs> All right, uh, Katie, you said you had some more notes. Did you have anything oh, else you wanted to talk um, about? I, like I said, I didn't take many because it's hard for me to, like, yeah. take notes when I'm engrossed in a film. makes
2: sense. And it's really hard for me to take notes on a movie that I've seen 347 times.
0: Was right. this as good as the as the second and 235th time? I would say so. Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um. But I, think, I think we should totally talk about the car chases and the awesome driving and just, yes. in general, the car pileups. Like... I, I have a love affair with car chases and movies. Me I, too. I might be the only female on the face of the earth that gives a shit about car chases and movies, but... No, you're not. Oh, good. <laughs> does too. She,
3: she, this, that was this my one favorite thing of Fury Road was the whole thing oh, was just good. a crazy car chase. Good. I still need to
0: show you Bullet. It's got one of the best car chases I've ever seen.
3: And oh, what was that other one with the girls?
0: Oh, uh, Death Proof. Yes. That oh,
2: that's fantastic. my favorite of the two films. I love Mine Death too.
0: Proof. Mine too.
2: Uh, my, my car actually has a license plate on the front, a Death Proof light death proof license plate that's a mouthful i have awesome. to check it out um, but yeah I, I it's just from kid on like i've always i'm kind of a car nerd a gearhead a kind of a car buff so um nerd yes so many times i used to have an 84 camaro which at this time of year was um both a blessing and a curse you know an empty parking lot for donuts was great so of Mm. course we used to play blues brothers when i was like 17 (laughs) and i used to drive my were you elwood or jake i was usually always elwood because he was driving yeah you know and my brother was younger than me (laughs) so he was never driving and i was always driving so yeah we would um try to recreate some of like the parking in front of the Shape Hall, like just a nice little whip around.
0: Oh, such a good <laughs> Yes. Oh.
2: All of that stuff. It's I love it. I love that that um I feel like car like driving car the kind of cars that you use, the driving, the um the chases, the crashes, all of that stuff puts a certain finesse on a film that um really speaks to me as a car nerd. So
0: i agree like i like and especially too with like older cars where they're just like they're all made of metal and they're just they just had a different sound when, when they crashed were cars and <laughs> like actually um it's it's one of the reasons uh, uh a previous episode one of my one of my vinegar syndrome episodes it's one of the reasons i gave the movie shot such a high review because the movie is made for like 15 grand in 1974 so it's still not a lot of money and it car, it was filled with nothing but gunfights and car chases. And it was made by college students. It's <laughs> like amazing. it adds a new level to a film. And like I said, it, they could have just had the mall chase. And it would have been like, right. this is great. But then they had the the ending chase of all the cop cars. Mm-hmm. And one Lower of the... Lower Whacker ma- Drive. My favorite <laughs> lines in the movie is, I got to pull over Elwood. Or I got to pull over Jake and they just, like, just swerve off the road and all the
4: cars can (laughs) fly fly off of that embankment.
0: Or, like, when the cops go bowling later on and, like, they're all just piling into each other. And then I love that they get out of the car and just start shooting.
2: Well, and the fact that the Bluesmobile blows a rod and still keeps going for however long. Like, yes, this car is the best car ever. Jake can
0: insult this car all he wants. But, like, once he pulls up in that shitty cop car, I'm like, oh, I like this.
3: I love it's that got car a in top... the, it's terrible kind of way.
0: Oh yeah, and then it had the ramming. Uh, uh, what is it called? The uh, the ram in the front of the car. <laughs> I'm not a car person. <laughs> the bumper? What? Yeah, well, it had it had a bumper that went <laughs> the over guard? the grill, like the guard. Oh, the oh yeah, guard. The...
1: yeah. Uh, brush guard. And I too yeah. loved to the Elwood had to top show water, off too. Top shocks, top suspension, top tires. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's
0: like I don't like this car, and then they do that fucking wicked <laughs> jump and. then... Fix the cigarette lighter. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that that scene too. Of course, growing up in Milwaukee, there's plenty of bridges that open up near downtown. Where yep. you know every time a bridge opens, I just want to drive over it. I used to have um, a couple of Buicks, older ones. I had a '78 Park Avenue, which was my our family car, my mom's car growing up. And then um, I got it, you know, when I got my license and she got a new car. So I'm, you know, 16 years old driving around in a 78 Buick Park Avenue. We could have service dinner for four on the hood. You know, it was huge. (laughs) And, yeah, we – that was like – the feeling that i got i felt so cool driving this huge metal car and then i a couple years later got a 77 vehicle saber which was similar but it was like a two-door so it was a little bit cooler than the four-door you know grocery Mm go-getter and yeah the 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 Bluesmobile growing up was like the car it looked like a piece of shit but it was awesome and it performed like a beast and I up until a few years ago, like I started leasing like Korean cars, <laughs> Kias, whatever, because they're like efficient for the gas mileage and stuff it like is that. It's a fine
0: automobile. It's a
2: yeah. it's a fine <laughs> automobile. But I was like this close to buying a retired cop car because I wanted a bluesmobile. I <laughs> I mean I and I still want to do that like eventually because you see people driving old cop cars around. Yeah. They sell them. Yeah. Like that's on my bucket list. You got to gotta
0: put a giant microphone on the top. Yep. Or, well, I mean, no, a giant speaker on the yeah, couch. Yeah, uh, an, an,
2: air, an air raid horn thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, I... Blues review. Yep, I'm I, definitely I, planning on it. I think there's something so, like, beautifully stick it to the man, too, that they, like, that whole element of the script where they're using the cop's old retired tools in order to evade them. Yes. Mm. It's very
0: Blues Brothers. And
2: clearly the car is magical. I mean, it gets exactly to Daily Plaza and falls apart. Like, that's... Yeah. Yeah, it's clearly... Other than the one time it ran
0: out of gas, it was a reliable, right. reliable vehicle. No,
2: we're out of gas. You know how many times that's happened to me in life where I go to a gas station and they're like waiting to fill it up? I'm like, oh my God, I'm living the movie.
0: <laughs> my fu- I can't wait till Twitty shows up so I can hit on yeah. it. Kyle, you might appreciate this. I remember one time I used to drive an old shitty minivan. Uh, that was my dad's, <laughs> and it at one point it didn't have a it, the the uh, the fuel indicator was broken. Uh, I didn't so you just have. You had to guess. Yeah, I didn't have a speedometer oh anymore, and uh, my mileage counter was because bro- I used to figure it out by mileage, like okay, I, I can get this much <laughs> to the gallon, yada yada yada. That was all broken, so it was like. I kind of felt like blinking in uh, in Robin Hood Men in Tights. I guess I've got <laughs> enough di- fuel. I guess <laughs> yes, I can get there. Well, me and Kyle were driving somewhere and I ran out of gas. And I co uh, only people who live in Milwaukee will know this, but I was at the Holt Avenue park and ride and there's a there's a a a, 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 a speedway over um, I want to say, like, probably a mile away. I coasted that entire way on no <laughs> gas, and Kyle just afterwards goes, I've never seen anyone coast that far before.
3: Really? Oh, my God. My, my entire childhood was, like, running out of gas, and my dad coasting a couple blocks. I
0: felt about that minivan the way that Elwood feels about the Bluesmobile. It's like, this is this is my chariot.
2: <laughs> oh, I have a fun running out of gas story. Tell it. Uh, we were all, my whole family, well, and at this point, it was me and my one I have two brothers, but it was just the one brother at this time and my two parents and my parents had agreed to take us to chuck-e-cheese so it was like a big deal because we Mm -hmm. never got to go to chuck-e-cheese and on the way to chuck-e-cheese my dad's truck ran out of gas so (laughs) instead of going to chuck-e-cheese we walked home from where the
0: truck ran out of gas that's almost that's so so much more depressing (laughs) it was bullshit (laughs) um one thing I want to talk about uh, is uh, I I I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about. I just kind of obsessed with this casting. I want to talk more about Carrie Fisher being in this movie as just her It was so bizarre, especially too because like this movie came out right around the same time Empire Strikes Back was coming out. So this is the top of her like mm-hmm. popularity. Yeah, she doesn't have a real character name. Uh, she exactly. just shows up with these wily e. coyote style weapons and just tries to kill the Blues Brothers, and they keep survive like. It's, I don't know, I'm just kind of, obsessed. she's the biggest badass in this when movie. When they
3: were like, uh, yeah. we gotta go to work. That one was probably yeah. my favorite. Yeah,
0: they <laughs> the to like, oh, we gotta go to work. <laughs> like, I, I, there's not a whole lot to say about her character, uh, because it's not a very well-developed character at all. I'm just love that they got Carrie Fisher at, like I said, the height of her popularity, essentially. Yeah. To, or maybe Return of the Jedi might be the height of her popularity because of that bikini she wore. Uh, <laughs> but, like... <laughs> She's doing Star Wars while she's making this movie. And I just like <laughs> I don't know. I think know what it really do.
2: adds to how her character works so well, even though on paper she shouldn't work at all mm-hmm. in this, you know, because like you said, they don't develop her at all. But um I think it's just that added, like, antagonistic piece. They have everybody's against them, including, you know, yeah random old lovers that you know it's kind of unfortunate
0: i feel like Carrie fisher out of like more often than not gets stuck with she's either in cameo roles or when she does actually have a role it's not super well developed like as much as i love the movie the burbs she plays the wife in that movie she's just the nagging wife through the entire film but she's such a good actor she brings new levels to these shitty little parts yeah absolutely and it's almost a shame i think this is one of the rare
1: cases where lack of development uh, combined with carrie fisher's performance actually improves it makes that role more compelling yeah, had they so given her funny. backstory um other than just what jake explains uh, b- what they kind of explained to each other in that last interaction um it makes, makes it so funny
0: in this comedy context no especially and they, they trickle it in very slowly like i love the scene where she's like going through the flamethrower like manual and then you just briefly see jake's picture in the background like amanda pointed it out and i was like oh okay i see where this is going it's very simplistic storytelling and i sometimes feel like that works better than anything uh you can overexplain yeah. yourself to death sometimes. Yeah,
2: I hate that yeah. about movies where they feel like they have to give us every little bit. Like, pay attention. If you pay attention to this movie and you're not lazy, you'll get it. Um, that's you know. one of my biggest gripes with uh, some people's critique of films. Like, well, I didn't understand what was going on because one eye was in your phone, and I'm not sure where the other <laughs> one was. But back when, you know, you had nothing else to do except watch the movie you would be paying attention to these you know subtle little things and i guess maybe because i've seen the movie you know 347 did i say times that sounds about right <laughs> that you know maybe i pick up on all this um but i think it's also noteworthy to mention that the name of the salon her salon is the curl up and die
0: curl up yeah. and die <laughs> that was such a nice uh, touch <laughs> <yes>. i <clears throat>
1: there's actually a salon in um how you met City? Uh, a town close to me. No, uh, Denton, Maryland, oh. that has a salon named Curl Up and
0: Die.
2: If I ever open a salon, it will be called Curl Up and Die.
0: <laughs> I want to. Um, I, what, since we're talking about great names for businesses, uh, once upon a time there used to be a butcher shop on Beecher called Beecher Meats.
2: Yes, <laughs> oh. didn't, d- didn't. I don't think the they got it. Didn't. Yeah, didn't <laughs> stick for me as a kid either. But uh, as an right. adult, it's hysterical. <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> well, it's just a place on Beecher where you go. Oh, I see. Someone could start
0: a someone could start a uh, a tool shop. Beecher Tool and Die. <laughs> um. <laughs> um.
1: One th- since we're talking about these little like subtle inclusions um one thing that i really enjoyed was when um they're negotiating with ray over uh the instruments that elwood just goes off to the side where there's a toaster and he's just kind <laughs> of he he has a piece of bread on him What's and he's this? just kinda like i love the way he closes it, it too he's like <laughs> He's he's coveting. There's all this music around him. All these all the, the deer nerds are checking out the amps and the guitars. And then there's Elwood like, this is the best toaster I've ever seen
0: in my life. He <laughs> does
2: like his dry white toast.
0: And especially because it it, 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 it I, I can't believe I'm talking about... A, Elwood! This is a character arc for him, but the first time we see him with his toast obsession, he's cooking it on a hanger. So it's like, this <laughs> is a huge step up for him. It's like, this is what it means to make it. Oh. <laughs> yes. So... Someday.
2: (laughs) That reminds me, um, talking about Elwood cooking the toast in his apartment, uh, it reminds me of the first time I actually visited Chicago, like legit went there. And um, it was probably way later than it should have been in my life that I got to Chicago, um, to the city proper. Um, But I went with my ex and we stayed at a hotel in the South Loop, I believe, called the Silversmith Hotel on Jewelers Row. And the room that we had was level with the L train. So the nice. train was going by the window, and I'm like, it goes by so much, you hardly ever notice it. <laughs> it, it, was, it was so, this trip was so Blues Brothers. We actually went to see a show at the House of Blues. That was the whole reason we were down there. So, I mean, aside from having a Dodge Monaco, I mean, we walked everywhere, but it was. It was like it brought the movie to life for me because I hadn't really visited Chicago. But we got a chance to to walk the streets of Chicago. We the whole entire trip like we got there on a Friday afternoon and left on Sunday. Um, We did not take a car. We did not take a train uh, except for from Milwaukee to Union Station. We took that train, the Amtrak, but we walked everywhere. And it was February. It was a lot like it is now. And we walked through the, the snowy streets of Chicago. Yeah, it was, really, it was a really cool, intimate way to get to know the city and to sort of experience. And, you know, we walked Lower Wacker Drive, under the tracks, like all of that stuff. Um, it was really, it brought the, the movie to another level. So now when I watch it, I have some frame of reference having actually been in some of these places in the city.
1: Uh, speaking of the House of Blues, uh, I actually saw... Jim Belushi, and Dan android perform as the Blues Brothers at the Chicago House of Blues. How cool is that? That was a cool show. <laughs> that
2: would have been awesome. We were there to see Meshuggah, so it wasn't quite the same, but you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's got to be a really similar show. <laughs> Very much. So I'm curious, since we got two pretty diehard Blues Brothers fans here. Uh, have either of you seen Blues Brothers 2000? And what's the story nope. with I, this movie? Nope. nope. Okay. Nope. nope. Not interested. I, say, oh. I saw that... Uh, um, <laughs> Shit, who's the, who's the husband from Roseanne? Why well, can't I think of his name at the moment? Oh, uh... John Goodman. I saw John Goodman John, was in yeah. it. I was like, well, that's interesting, but... And Macaulay Tolton, let us not forget. Oh, <laughs> wow! Well, shit. Now I gotta run out and see <laughs> it.
2: Yeah. No, it's never interested me. I've never... You know, it's kind of like I didn't when... know if it was a
0: remake, if it was a sequel. <laughs> like... I'm
2: not exactly sure, but, you know, it's like when they... When somebody tries to do something with your favorite thing, you know, it's... I don't know. There's no way that anyone could ever do it justice, I don't think. I mean, maybe I've been proven wrong before. I thought the new Suspiria film, in comparison to the original, which I love, uh, was better than I expected. But from the trailers and the clips and the things I've seen of the, the Blues Brothers 2000 or whatever, it wasn't... Well, well, two, didn't, th- two things that intrigued
0: just. me, at least about it, was that um, John Landis directed it again. Sure. And then Dan Atford wrote it, wrote it again. But it was like, like, what's the point? Or like, if you're <laughs> going to do a sequel, why didn't you do it at least a little bit closer to when the first one came out?
2: Yeah, And I just feel like the, the storyline, it's so wrapped up so well. Like, it doesn't need a sequel. It doesn't... And maybe if it was... To do the same, you know, have the same purpose of like bringing some of these big names out, you know, musically again or something. I guess I could see the purpose of that, but overall, I thought it's it's a really great movie just contained within itself, and it's not broke, don't fix it.
0: I feel like the only thing yeah. I'd want to see out of a, uh, another Blues Brothers film, and I'm not saying we need this, but the only thing I'd want is like a prequel.
4: Mm, I'd rather see
0: a younger them getting together and learning music than them just like, remember that time that we saved the orphanage? Let's do it again. Yeah,
2: right. <laughs> Some kind of a, an origin story. They're
1: building a third Death Star that we have to blow up now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I think a, a Jake and Elwood origin story would be cool um, to see You know how they got into blues and theirs. Because... I, the way I take it is, you know, they're growing up in an orphanage in, in a black neighborhood is probably how come they're so um, appreciative of this this culture. Yeah. You know,
1: and with, with and, Tab Calloway's character, like instilling all of that in them in the right. boiler room of the. That
0: sounds dirty when you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but you had to add in Tab the boiler room. Tab Calloway is room. a nice, decent man. <laughs> Boy,
2: you can't talk to nuns that way.
0: Um. Amanda, was there anything, any other thoughts you had about the film, especially coming from music? Like I said, you knew the, you knew the mu- you knew some of the music. Yeah, I You're, mean, the one song you wanted to hear wasn't in there.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like I said, I they were some of my favorite songs to play in band mm-hmm. class in high school. It's
0: so um, a rich horn section. Yeah, oh, and yeah. I what loved, did
2: you
3: play? I played saxophone. Oh, I played trombone. Okay, so you I like Tommy Gunn. <laughs> you guys could have started a band. I <laughs> loved anything jazz and blues. Like jazz band was my favorite, like section of the day. Um, so I was kind of sad that some of those songs that I was looking forward to weren't in it, (laughs) but, um, it was a lot of fun. Like it wasn't what. I expected, like, I didn't expect it to be so silly.
0: I'm gonna have to go out and buy you a copy of Briefcase full, full of Blues. Yes, I was <laughs>
3: just gonna say, there's some great ones, like Rubber
2: Biscuit. That's a good one. Get yeah,
0: a... that was that was the, that was the, the album they piece. had out. It came out before the movie, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. it did. Briefcase and it went like actually...
3: platinum or something.
0: Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: that's amazing. I, purposes, I a do have band. Briefcase yeah. Full of
0: Blues. Well, it's just like Dewey Cox. Yeah, <laughs> is amazing. Yeah, the Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, has oh, some yeah. of the best songs that I've heard about. pretty much singing about someone's dick.
3: It's one of my favorite albums in a. It's not even real, but it is real. <laughs> it's real to me,
0: damn it. And you never once paid for drugs. <laughs> not once. <laughs> I remember one time out of nowhere, Amanda just texted me. Because like, I didn't realize she was even watching the movie. She was like, was like, oh, so I can cheap it, you can just drink up all the milk. And I was like, <laughs> I love that she's just texting me random lines from Dewey <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay,
1: one other thing I'd like to discuss. Um, so this movie has a very strange inclusion of Illinois Nazis. Yes. <laughs> Illinois Nazis. Yeah. I
2: hate Illinois Nazis.
1: <laughs> I think one of the most interesting things about their inclusion, and apparently it is a direct reference to a court case that was happening yes. like, as a stripper. Well, that makes written. more sense. Mm-hmm. It seemed very random in, until mm-hmm. now. They. They reference how those those socialists won their court it's case. It's won their
2: court case, now they're marching. Yeah, it was something to yeah. do with, like, Skokie, Illinois, actually. Um, I don't remember the exact reference, uh, but, yeah, it is based on true events. Yeah.
1: My What I find most fascinating about it is that the Nazis in the film are, like, the third-tier antagonist, like, usually nazis okay they're gonna be the ones that are the most like nope it's like the tops and then Terry fisher and all of these other <laughs> the people. rednecks don't that, forget the rednecks the good old the boys. rednecks the old
0: oh boys. yeah and then and then there's, like, oh, yeah, and also the Nazis. <laughs> Real quick, mentioning the good old boys, that was one of, like, the, the car crashes I, I cringed at most when that truck with the, like, little cab oh my God. got taken out. It was like, there's three guys up there. And I know, like, when they pro- when they probably did the crash, they weren't up there, but I, all I could think was like, those guys are dead. They're, they're <laughs> right. not walking they're not... away from this. And they did. This is not okay. <laughs>
2: there's a lot of scenes in this movie where people should be dead and they crawl out of piles of bricks and things. So, yeah. you know, they... They were on a mission from God.
1: They did not show the Nazis get out of the giant hole in the street when they were dropped. <laughs> this is true. From- <laughs> From, it was just an overpass. That was such outbreak, a disconnect but, for me. It's like, but, so, especially but you because could I see it falling past the skyride. It's like, okay,
0: I knew that was in Milwaukee. And I knew how tall that was, and yeah. it's like, and then they show them falling past for two some of the
1: miles into Chicago. <laughs> so into into like, Chicago,
0: what? and I was like, it was like, okay, so if you're trying to tell me that this is above all those buildings, that is not that tall.
2: <laughs> that, did you know they actually did drop a Pinto for like a thousand yes. feet yes. to do that? Yep. Huh, they had to register it with like the FAA in case it like. I don't know. Grew wings and flew away. <laughs> that's amazing.
1: It
0: is a Pintos. So. I love movies. This, this, this is why <laughs> I I love cinema is for weird little factoids about this, and that's why we do this show. Yeah.
2: Well, and I think uh, what other it, what else is really cool on that same point is like you wouldn't see that today. That would just be CGI. Nobody's dropping cars right. in downtown Chicago yeah, that's anymore. Yeah,
0: it's like it's crazy. Like the the Fast and the Furious movies are all about car crashes. Yeah. There's very few cars in those movies. True. Sure.
1: <laughs> I I love how you just, back in my day, dropping cars from (laughs) (laughs) downtown Chicago.
0: Back in my day, we really dropped cars, and we were thankful for it.
2: (laughs) I really should have been born in the 50s, I think, and lived through, like, the 70s as a, a young adult, because I love, like, the era of movies I love the most is probably, like, 75 to 89 like all of yeah. the movies that i love came from those eras anything after that it's like eh, yeah yeah well mean, there's, there's, some, there's but... also a
0: chance you might not have been into movies i remember saying to my dad <clears throat> cause my true. dad was born in 1953 and um i like i would ask him i was like oh dad have you seen this movie or this movie that you know all things that came out during his lifespan he's like no 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 and i was like well, why not and he's like i was too busy being cool yeah, I'm like, oh, Thanks, Dad. oh, Dad. What happened? He was
3: also <laughs> born in a one room shack in a mountain. Like, yeah, it's not like he yeah. Grew he grew up he, like in the city.
0: Yeah, he he made his own skateboard out of a plank of wood.
3: Yeah, not. I don't know. I don't feel like that's like a normal example of. Uh,
0: he is lucky to have survived all of those falling cars. I, I have a feeling when he said I was too busy being cool, he was real he really meant to say I was too busy getting laid but realized he was telling mm-hmm. his son.
2: Yeah. And you know, some days Yeah, drunk. he
0: did a lot of speed.
2: <laughs> Someday the shitty movies that are coming out now will be the cooler, older movies that oh,
0: our kids so will totally be like, talking that... about. So. Oh, so when weird. you
1: hear some of the uh, like what? Uh, I have to do the math. Twenty to twenty-five year olds talking about how like their favorite Star Wars films are Episode Hold one, on. three.
2: <laughs> Somebody's triggered. Hold on.
3: Do you know
1: right? how
2: old right?
3: I am? <laughs> I'm insulted.
0: How old are 26? you? Twenty-six. Okay, so you're out
1: of the barely. 20 to I just turned twenty-six. Oh, <laughs> I
0: was watching Wayne's World the other day at work, and one of the high schoolers came and they're like, "This movie's old." I'm like, "Fuck you!" It came out in the '90s. Right.
1: No, that was like. Five, six. 20, 20, like when 20,
0: 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. I hear old movies, I'm like, oh, Buster Keaton, that's an old movie. yeah. Oh yeah. I
3: have that interaction all the time though with the high schoolers that work for me. Is that they'll say things. Can you just
0: fire them for this.
3: <laughs> they'll say things, and I'm like, no, you, you were born in 2000. Like you can't fucking talk. Get out of here.
0: Oh, I just felt like that scene in the Santa Claus where he just ages in one shot. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, the when I realized I could hire kids born in the year 2000 was when that. Happened, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What um, is
2: the what is the sign say now for buying cigarettes? Like if you were born before this date and.
1: Twenty forty yeah, five. Like, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I graduated high school in two thousand. Just as a that's
2: yeah, kids today they don't understand. Damn kids! Get off <laughs> my lawn!
1: I can say that now. <laughs> you have actually a lawn have a to lawn? get off. Of. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh. Uh, so. So. There's one more, or actually a couple more, but one thing that I want to mention, um, primarily because it ties into Ghostbusters, which, which we still haven't done that episode. With, I I with stopped new... watching it
0: because we weren't going to do the episode. It's like I'm not finishing this until we do the episode, right? So
1: Dan Aykroyd worked on both of both the script for Blues Brothers and Ghostbusters, and John and John Landis had to really line...
0: fix that script
1: too. Yeah, it apparently it was like. Like 400 pages long. Yeah, they wrapped it in the
2: like
0: in a phone book cover
2: because yeah. was so big.
0: I just I just think of that scene that that meme that's going around from uh, it's always Sunny in Philadelphia with him like freaking out with all like the pins and pages behind him and everything. I imagine that was the script for the Blues Brothers. Right.
1: <laughs> so one of the lines in the Blues Brothers is who you who are you gonna call? I <sighs> bet.
0: When yep. when he walks
1: into the phone booth right before Terry Fisher blows it like 500 feet up into the air and then it comes crashing down and they very easily like, survive eh. um, but clearly a line that got reused and became very iconic I've
3: never seen all of the Ghostbusters and I still can't hear who you're going to call Without and not things. go
0: there it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's in our lexicon now at yeah. this point
3: it is a pop culture pop culture
2: <laughs> reference officially
0: yeah um, I feel like we're starting to wind down was there any other anything else anyone wanted to say about the Blues Brothers we've kind of gone on some tangents but it's been fun yeah totally it's kind of in the spirit of the film, I think. Yeah, there's no, there's not, a, there's not a point A to point B in this. Like, think about it. If if um, this movie could have easily been twelve minutes long, if the, if 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 the nun would have just taken their dirty money, right, right, or realized
2: that churches don't pay property taxes,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, this is just a paperwork mistake. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Roll credits. Um, there are there are a few more things I'd like to mention. Okay. Um, w- one is I loved Elwood's like bagel trips.
0: Um, and I actually kind of oh, yeah
2: with the glue I, I, strong I... stuff.
0: Was that what he <laughs> stole from the from the factory at the beginning of the film? I thought that was cheese whiz at first, but then like they never explained it again. No, that so what... I figured it was glue.
1: It was. Um, and I actually that. Uh, all the sequences of him at work, was, that's not in the. Oh, the right. oh okay. Well, good. Cool, um, that didn't, so really, that not, didn't
0: really work for me. Yeah,
1: yeah, I actually preferred that Elwood just had this magical white like, Mary Poppins bag that he pulled out whatever was needed. I did appreciate at that time. seeing him not in sunglasses for one scene, but.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I really thought that was Cheese Whiz uh, up until just now that you d- d- mentioned it. Yeah, where it was
0: probably, probably glue.
2: Another funny story about the Cheese Whiz. <laughs> So uh, when my brother and I were kids, we, um, when our parents moved to the suburbs, they moved close to uh, a pizza restaurant, which my brother would later go on to work at. Uh, But before this, we were out on our bikes, you know, back in the day when kids used to ride their bikes outside and we stumbled on the uh, pizza restaurant and somebody left the door unlocked. So we got in and you know, basically had access to the soda fountain and were, like, drinking soda and, like, (laughs) hanging out. And somehow... We were playing the Blues Brothers, and <laughs> that was, we kept reenacting this. I think there was a can of Cheese Whiz. I think that's why. And, you know, it was, Did you get me my Cheese Whiz, boy? And then we were tossing the can of Cheese Whiz around. And then, of course, the owner showed up, and we had to rush out and get on our bikes and take off. But, Udlum. yeah. So that's, that scene always makes me laugh because I think about the time we unintentionally broke
1: into the pizza restaurant. Why
0: is there a can of Cheese Whiz in a pizza restaurant? That's a terrible pizza. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> and that's how she ended up in Joliet. <laughs> um, another thing is uh, when um, when they get done with their first gig and the band is like starting to almost defect, mm-hmm. and they're like, all right, well, we'll see him out for one more show. It actually like reminded me of indie filmmaking a lot is these, these yeah. two guys trying to keep a bunch of people together uh to create art and and hopefully make money and and do something that they all believe in um and you're kind of like bullshitting your way through it all like i definitely like had flashbacks in that moment of every single set i've ever been on (laughs) that moment of oh god they're all gonna leave
0: actually there was a moment too like in that same scene where like you know your boys drank three hundred dollars worth of beer (laughs) and we did a uh
1: we just figured. We shot a
0: scene in From the Darkness Theater at a bar and it was like, oh, we just need a couple drinks for the for the uh, the, the table and the, the bartender who was there just poured us a couple random drinks and then while we were packing up he's like, so about those drinks, I'm like, you gave them to me <laughs> uh, and eventually like I, I, I paid them but it was... Did I
1: you go write him out a off. check on
2: the glove compartment?
1: <laughs> That's where I signed the checks. <laughs>
0: Uh, and I was like you're gonna charge me for like kind of like twelve bucks or something, but it's <laughs> you drink- band should drink on the house
2: <laughs> well and in show business uh they usually at least get some drink tickets. At I was gonna say like maybe not couple. all of it, like three
3: hundred dollars is a lot, but like oh, yeah. some yeah. of it should be free.
2: Yeah, no. Usually like when I put shows together, usually the bar will comp like some tick some drink tickets for the bands and the performers and like two drinks per person, know, person, I think is fair. Yeah, that's about what, what it is, and it's usually like uh, you know old Milwaukee on tap or some garbage. <laughs> but it's something. something, yeah.
0: Where's the new Milwaukee? <laughs> <laughs> that's a dumb joke. Why did any of you laugh at that? <laughs> Because it's the same kind of jokes that I tell.
2: Because you. <laughs> you're in charge here.
0: And... <laughs> uh, but no, ultimately, like I, I really enjoyed the movie, and I, I honestly feel like, like I said before, the more I watch it, the more I'm gonna gravitate towards it. Wait
2: till you get to 347 times. It's gonna be your <laughs> favorite movie ever. I want to
0: see the theatrical
3: cut
2: and just. I almost the bought
0: the uh, the steel, the other day when we were at Best Buy. The steelbook is like nine dollars. Oh dang! And you I can have two. Yeah, I don't. I don't even own the movies. Oh well, I two. watched it off Amazon Prime. That right. the reason well, we picked this movie because you wanted to be on it, and it was free for Nick to watch. <laughs>
2: well, <laughs> you could have borrowed one of my copies too. You know, <laughs> I have several.
1: I used to have the VHS. Uh, actually, my parents probably have it now. They ended up inheriting a bunch of my VHS cassettes. When you I can say it, the they Mason stole it from room. me. That's fine. Mom, Dad, give me my fucking VHS. <laughs> I'm going to send them that clip if you're if you're listening to my broadcast i hope they do <laughs> i hope they listen yeah uh, all of a sudden it shows up in the mail with a sticky
0: note that says sorry my mom we is didn't still realize
3: con- you wanted it back
0: <laughs> yeah, my yeah. mom's still confused what a podcast Damn, is <laughs> <laughs> and she was she's been on an episode
3: you're doing what now
0: <laughs> oh well, is there anything else? Is that like a fishing thing? <laughs> yes, mom, it's a, it's you a fishing. You know what
3: would not surprise me though if she actually listens and she just doesn't want to tell you that she listens cuz she figured out Facebook pretty
0: quick. Yeah. <laughs> and for a woman who's never been on YouTube, she figured out YouTube really fast too. Yep, and <laughs> she figured out emote like and when you emotions. could react
3: to Facebook posts, she figured that out before we even realized it was a thing. You get a you
0: get a woman a you get a woman a Chromebook and she figures it all out.
3: <laughs> so I I wouldn't be surprised if she actually listens and just doesn't tell you. Bye, mom. She's waiting for you to talk
1: shit. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Hi, <Bye>, mom. <laughs> she's going to be like, hey.
1: <laughs> Michael, honey, have you subscribed to my YouTube channel yet? Cooking with Mary.
3: <laughs> but she can't figure out how to check her notifications on Facebook. No, she can't. <laughs> That's the part that's too
2: much. My mom just I've,
0: leaves them. Well, I don't care.
2: Ah,
0: just leave like, them. All. We'll reply to her, and she's like, well, "I didn't see it," because she waits for things to come across on her timeline. Yep,
2: yep. So, My mom's the same way. Yep. And I'm like, "Mom, you know you have nine messages in your inbox." Ah. ah. <laughs> she doesn't care.
1: Michael, honey, I've started a mukbang. You can listen to me eat food now. I don't know why I decided that your mom was Jewish. <laughs> It's pretty, you never call. It's close Are to call.
4: you trying to break your mother's heart? Oh my
0: god. Oh. This has definitely been one of the episodes I've laughed the most on.
3: If she's listening, we love her. I love you, mom. If you're yep. listening,
0: we're looking forward to coming over and watching the Oscars with you, and she's gonna make some ham.
3: Ooh, sounds like
2: a very motherly thing to do.
0: And before that, we're gonna watch Hell's Kitchen and Survivor with her. <laughs>
1: Oh, I'm getting off the (laughs) clip.
0: Oh, I think I'm out of content at this point. Yeah. Well, all my
2: notes were on my phone, and my phone has officially died, so. No more notes. (laughs) I think the only thing I didn't say that was in my notes is that, uh, oh, no, I think I did say it, that the Bluesmobile was a Dodge Monaco with a 440. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's all. Is cop motor. <laughs> cop shocks. Cop suspension. Um, the, the only other big thing that I have is on this watching, I actually um, was really impressed with the cinematography in a way that i haven't been before there were some beautiful shots it in really film. was like i love
0: that it's oh. right at the beginning but i love that shot of the prison doors opening mm-hmm. and we, we got we oh, got all that the wood in, the car in the foreground he's in the background kind of looking alien-ish because of the way he's out of focus and it's so like yeah. know i, I we've amanda i mean amanda have talked a lot about i talk a lot about it on this show but i just love minimalist cinematography don't cut more than you have to and, like, that entire scene of them going to hug each other is all done until they cut to, like, the, the titles, which is pretty cool. It's all just done in that one shot. Like, you don't need to move around a whole lot. Or any of the scenes with them in the car, like, for the most part, they'll have a they'll have a camera on the hood, and it'll be shooting them in a two-shot. But then, you know, occasionally they'll cut in for a close-up, but, you know, if to cut for time. But yeah. why move the camera if you don't need to?
1: Uh, two Smith other point. ones that really... Two other ones that really stuck out for me was um, the shot of Ray Charles as he was playing, uh, where you can see his hands and the keys reflected in his glasses. Oh, that was a
0: great shot, yeah. Um,
1: And then the stuff of Elwood after Jake falls asleep their first night um, of him sitting in the window as the L train goes by. Mm -hmm. And they actually take a little bit of time to let him just sit there with his toast uh, contemplative... Um, I knew what you get. I, I was really moved by that. Yeah, I agree.
2: <laughs> I do, I've never really looked at the film in an artistic light before, just because it's always been such a staple in my repertoire. That you know, to actually think about how some of these scenes were shot, and I try to do that now when I watch films, especially to, to discuss them on a podcast. I feel like. I should be looking at them as more than just you know how I can reference them to my personal life. But um, there was a lot that I thought was really cleverly done. And I'm not a filmmaker, so I don't know how hard or easy it is to do any of it. But I just know what pleases my eye and what I like to mm-hmm. look at. And um, this entire film is a really <clears throat> cool movie to look at, I think. And just the way that yeah. um, they tell the story without using words. A lot, you know, with a lot of those those neat shots and setting the mood. And I especially like the opening of the industrial oh, know, yeah. Chicago. It's not the glamorous like skyline of Chicago that we're so used to seeing in most films. And I've actually heard a comparison. Uh, this movie was compared to Ferris Bueller, which was only made like six years later, and how uh, Ferris Bueller is really uh, more of a shot from like a a white middle upper class perspective versus Uh, John Hughes mm -hmm, versus the (laughs) you know kind of the industrial urban feel that the Blues Brothers has and it's the same city and um now I think uh Chicago has been so gentrified that we've lost a lot of that urban it's it's the same
0: thing of New York like you look at um um Let's use the movie Annie Hall as an example. Annie Hall, so made by Woody Allen, shot in New York from an upper well, I guess technically he was like his family was lower middle class, but you know for all intents and purposes a middle class Jewish white guy. And then you look at the movie Maniac, which is shot like I think the mm-hmm. same year, and that shows a completely different side of New York. Yep. Or Highlander. Or Highlander. <laughs> Let us not forget it Highlander. It always comes back to Highlander. Because there can be only one. <laughs>
2: And I feel like the grimier uh, urban cuts, like that's what speaks to me. I don't know. I mean, I'm from Milwaukee. I feel like this is sort of a grimy city, um, especially in in comparison to other major cities. Like even even like compared comparing milwaukee to madison i have a friend that lives in madison and she said the biggest difference is how clean madison is compared to milwaukee yeah um but i i don't know that that grimy old yeasty smelling milwaukee is what i know and love
1: yeah. well and i think it's it's important to point out that um, the Blues Brothers, you know, it shows that dirty, grimy, industrial, but it is a love letter to that. It's not like, hey, look at how dingy Chicago right. is. It's it's telling, like, saying how beautiful yeah, all of that like is, and, me. and that's what they're fighting for and living in. And I and, feel like
0: a lot of that probably came from. I don't, I don't know, because uh, I believe both Belushi and Aykroyd are from Chicago. I believe, because I think they both came from okay. Groundlings. Yeah. Um, John John Landis was born and raised in 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 L. A. But uh, so I feel like a lot of that that love letter to the the griminess of the city comes from those two. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Especially um when we're <clears throat> coming down Maxwell Street, you know, to the to the soul food diner, and uh, <laughs> is that John Lee Hooker out there playing? And just the feel of the
0: streets. I wrote and that everybody... song back in 1968. You did not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was that was my favorite addition in the extended cut. Um, because in the theatrical version, he just finishes a song and we go inside the diner. But that, that fight that we see just before and that it extends after they leave mm-hmm. of that fight over who wrote Boom Boom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no, this was definitely, um... A, a pleasant surprise for me. Like I, I, I really enjoyed uh, watching Highlander this season. But like, this is a film I feel like I'm realistically have more, am more inclined to go back to. Nothing against Highlander. I yeah. thought Highlander was great, but it's, <laughs> it's not like oh, I need to watch Highlander.
2: There's a reason this is my favorite movie of all time.
0: It's got a lot of mm-hmm. replay value. <clears throat> Tons.
1: Yeah. It it gets funnier every time, and the music is clearly timeless, and
0: um, yeah, it's amazing. Well, all I right, think that's uh, I think that's it. So um, uh, I'll use this as a moment for Katie to promote some of her shit. She's got coming going on.
2: Well, I've got lots of shit to promote, but actually <laughs> right now is a pretty quiet time for me, which is nice. Um, but I am Katie Cadaver. That's cadaver with a K. So you can find me on all the social medias. I think Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, just search for Katie Cadaver. Um, and as was mentioned, I'm also the makeup artist for the horror punk band Ratbat Spider from Milwaukee. And they are on Bandcamp and Reverb Nation and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all the places. So you can check them out. It's Rat Bat Spider, all one word. If you're familiar with Angry Red Planet, the Ratbat Spider, the, there's a reference there for some of you old movie buffs um i am also a performer and producer with grindhouse tees burlesque productions we are currently just on facebook right now um, but we're we are putting together a big show that will be coming up on june 1st it's going to be an art and oddities fair so we're going to have some artist vendors some bands some performers still lining up our entertainment stuff for that but stay tuned um I'm also a trauma with Trauma Entertainment, and you guys should know how to find trauma at trauma.com, but um, if you don't, they're also on YouTube and there's a ton of trauma films you can watch for free on YouTube. And let's see, what else do I do. Oh, I'm also on a weekly podcast that's currently on YouTube and we're working on getting it onto some other platforms as well. It's called Inside Movies Galore, where we talk about movies. Um, so check that out. Um, yeah, so for right now, things are kind of quiet for me. I will be at Horror Hound in Cincinnati next month in March, and I will also be at C2E2 in Chicago. Um, I will be with Troma for both of those. Um, so come and see me. I cosplay and I do fun things at the conventions and that kind of stuff. And then in June, I'll be with uh, Grindhouse Tees, and then Rat Bat Spiders got some shows coming up too in March. So there's lots of places you can find me.
0: Busy, busy. Super busy. <laughs> Amanda, anything for you?
3: I'm just on Instagram with the dogs. Dogenstein. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Give us the names.
3: Dogenstein. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. The, the promo code is Dogenstein20. Yeah. Uh, that's what the about, pro- what, how about you? What, what's your name? What's Amanda
3: R. which you go. nothing gets posted on. <laughs> Everything goes fine. to the dogs pages.
0: And then I'm at uh, on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram, you can find me at Michael underscore Vyers. You can find the podcast at Shameless Picture Show. All one word. Uh, Nick, yourself.
1: Uh, I'm on Instagram at a word worth 1,000 pics. That's the number 1,000, not the word. Um, and uh, I'm on Facebook, Nicholas Richards, and, something, something, something. And as always, we're,
0: we're, we're, we, you can find the show anywhere. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Libsyn, SoundCloud, everything. But uh, I also want to give one last uh, a shout-out. Kyle, since you came here to, all the way here just to record us, uh, you want to take one of the mics and tell us a little bit about your dino doc you've been working on? I want yeah, you to promote yourself you a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I'm working on a documentary about the commercial trade of dinosaur fossils and the impact that it has on scientific research. Um, you can check it out at thenewextinction.com if you want more information. And you can find me on Instagram at with a K 14 yeah, I wanted to give Kyle a shout out because he came all the way here. He 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 he's recorded some of our episodes, and we have multiple people. And he also records the wrestling podcast, uh, Cigars and Conversations. So he's a he's a busy busy guy. But uh, <laughs> I, I think that's it, guys. So um, I don't have an ending to this. Oh yeah, we do have a new ending. I can't, yeah, I constantly do. forget about yeah, it. Yeah uh, It's one that Kyle came up with. Because oh, if you're God. not down with that, we got two words for you: watch movies.